here at Giant Sports Talk and Entertainment. Training camp is here. Training camp has started. Yeah, yeah, players are reporting. Oh, it's the kickoff. To me, it's the official kickoff of the NFL season. And the Giants players are all reporting to come today. And I wanted to talk about a couple things. I want to talk about the Joe Judge interview. I want to talk about three players that uh, should be intriguing to watch this camp. And players that all Giant fans should probably keep an eye on. I I did want to thank the Bad Dog for allowing me to come on his show yesterday. It was a lot of fun. I was going to tell everyone to go subscribe to his channel, but who doesn't subscribe to the Bad Dog's channel already? But, I did, again, I do appreciate him having on. It was always a good time. Uh, got a lot of good feedback, got a lot of good emails about it. So, uh, again, Mr. Bad Dog, thank you very much. But let's talk about the Joe Judge interview. I laugh because coaches' interviews and press conferences are, when you get older in life, you understand they are what they are. They're all, I always refer to it as coach speak. You're not going to get the off the as many off the cuff remarks that you get that you used to get back in the '90s and the '80s and and somewhat in the early 2000s. It's almost all pre-planned. It's all most of these coaches now are media savvy, so they know what to say and what not to say. And and I know Giant fans and all fans around the league get pumped up about these these interviews because they get so excited when they hear the coach say these things. But as you get older, you're going to realize they all say the same thing. There's really nothing different that they're going to say and what they're not going to say. He was talking about uh, Saquon Barkley. He says, we're, just, you know, we're thinking long-term with Saquon. Long-term this season, long-term in his career, Joe Jett says. And we're taking care of him as an individual. This is going to help our team long-term as well. We're going to make sure that we get him out there. There, we can keep him out there. Yeah, of course. No, duh. <laughs> What and what does players? I mean, what, I mean, what do fans want to hear? We're gonna just throw him out there. We've got to make sure we do the best thing for him as we're going along the way, and make sure we make decisions based on his body and not artificial, anticipated timelines. When we get ready to go, that is when he's going to go and be out there. AKA, we're gonna put him out there when he's ready. We don't know what his situation is be is going to be until we get him on the field. You can see all the videos in the world of him working out, but there's a difference between football workouts and actually playing the game. And I think a lot of people, and I, I think there's a lot of people out there, of course, who never played the game. So they don't understand. That's like, I've always said, there's a difference between being injured and being hurt. There's, there's a huge difference. And it's the same thing between football practice drills and game and actually playing any game. So he's basically just saying, and I'm going to break down the coaches speak for you. He's basically just saying, we're going to put him out there when he's ready. And we're not going to rush him back. And we're not going to sit there and say the timeline is, is, you know, is this. Because they need to take a long-term look at Saquon Barkley. You got to remember, he got hurt in week two, but he didn't have his surgery till November because of the swelling. And you got a lot invested in this 24-year-old. So you can't sit there and just put him out there. You know, Joe Judge also brought up the fact that the offensive line, I'm confident in the way we work and ultimately what's going to help us improve in terms of how our players work. I'm confident in the commitment to the process and what they're going to do to improve. And that's as regards to the offensive line, AKA, you know, we got what we got. If you want me to break, I'm going to break down the coaches speak again. We have who we have in camp. We're probably not bringing anyone in. And that's it. And, and we have to hope and pray that, that, you know, that, it all, that it all works out. It reminds me of, uh, of Nuke Lelouch in Bull Durham 
when he's when he's giving when Crash Davis is teaching him his interview skills, and he's like, "Well, this is all kind of boring." He goes because he, he's teaching. You got to learn your cliches. Now, you got to take them one day at a time. <laughs> you know, I'm just here to help the ball club, and and that's what he's got to say about the players. He's going to say, you know what, you know, Rob Sale, who's the incoming offensive line guy, line coach, is, is going to do the best job that he can. We're going to hope that what he's doing makes the team better. And we're going to kind of go from there. So with the start of training camp, though, I was thinking of a couple guys that I had on my radar that I was thinking, you know, we, we probably want to keep a look at. We want to, we want to take a look at, we want to watch. Now the first guy I'm thinking of right off the bat is Danny Shelton. He has the inevitable task of replacing Dalvin Tomlinson. Who of course, signed the Vikings, you know, Dalvin was consistent. He was an anchor for that middle of the line for, for four seasons. He, he's, in my mind, he's not replaceable unless you replace him with someone talented just like him. Now, Danny is a big guy, 6'2", six, six, 345. He, he is a run stopper per se, but if you look at his statistical breakdown, he actually played the pass pass rush he actually pass rushed better than he run ran block you know so it's going to be interesting because him and austin johnson are going to have to anchor that line now if you look at danny he's in, he's 27 year, years old but he's already been with the browns the patriots and the lions and now the giants so this is his fourth team and he's 27 that tells you he's not the same talent. Now, there's always reasons why people leave, but he was a first-round draft choice. He's not the same talent Dalvin Tomlinson, but we have to watch and see how he plugs the run because that's going to be his job. The thing with Dalvin Tomlinson was he gained a lot of double teams on the inside, which allowed Leonard Williams to free, be freed up to rush the passer or to pick up the sack. So he's a guy we got to watch. Mr. Tony, our first Tony Tony. Our first round draft choice. He's 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 going to be interesting because of the fact that well you know he's a first round draft choice so of course he's going to be interesting to watch, but the fact that you know like I said he had kind of a weird mini camp. A lot of people were upset with him because he had he he got out early because of a personal reason you know and then his shoes didn't fit and some people are calling him a bust already. Now he's on the COVID, you know he's on the COVID list, and I've said it before he's not a he's not a plug and play guy. He's he's projected talent. And I got blasted last year when I said the Giants draft was a C-plus because the majority of the draft was projected talent, not immediate talent. And we needed immediate talent. And even Bad Dog said it yesterday, when you see your first-round pick, you, you automatically think he's going to play, that he's going to be a part of the organization, a part of the team. But, and even with Tony's unique skill set, it's going to be interesting to try to find a role for him in the offense. You know, he's going to be on the outside. He's going to be in the slot. He's going to be lined up in motion. He's going to do some jet sweeps. There's going to be some gadget plays for him. You know, because like I said, he was a quarterback in high school. So, but he's got to get on the field and he's got to stay on the field. And, and I think that's going to be the, the most interesting thing about him is, is can he get on the field? Can he stay on the field? And can he contribute? The other guy I always, I, I'm looking at this, this season because the fact is my old buddy, Matt from Connecticut, the six, seven, 318 pound tackle. Raw is not the word for him. And I love it now because when he came out of Connecticut, every, a lot of Giant friends are like, oh, he's going to plug right in. He's a plug and play. And I kept saying, no, he's raw. He's a raw town out of Connecticut. And he ended up playing just 150 snaps as a rookie and mostly at right tackle. And Joe Judge kind of used him in a rotational system. 
Now, he didn't allow a sack in his first eight games. You know, and then he, after he came off the COVID list, his performance kind of dropped in the final three. But he's a guy that is going to have to start making a progression because we need a right tackle. And I said this before, coming out of Connecticut, very raw player. A guy that would probably take two to three years to build up the talent level to turn around and be successful in this league. And I think that's what he's doing. He's bulked up. And now I find it interesting that he's bulked up again. Now he's, he's on the pup list because of a back injury. And I've said this a million times. I worry about players, especially offensive linemen, young offensive linemen who have back injuries or have back issues. Because they, they, they usually consistently have back issues throughout the majority of their career. So we have to hope that, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's okay. We have to hope that he has the ability to, to start filling in that right tackle position. Cause I think we need to, he, he needs to play more than 150 snaps. Now, a lot of people don't know that he only, like I say, he only played 150 snaps, 150 snaps last year, but people tell you how wonderful he looked Yeah. I remember the game in Philadelphia and I, and I've said a million times where both him and Andrew Thomas missed and almost got Daniel Jones killed. Because they almost sandwiched him. Luckily, he got the ball off. The last player I'm thinking of, of course, is going to be Lorenzo Carter. The lanky linebacker out of Georgia. Interesting player. I like the pick. He's only got a total of eight and a half sacks in his first two years over 30 games, 14 starts. He averages, he's averaging 44 tackles. In five games in 2020, he only had one sack and 15 tackles before he went down with injury. And I know a lot of people saw him play. You know, the scrimmages, I was like, oh, look at him. He's awesome. Well, you know, what? you're also playing the guys. You're also playing against guys you go up against every single day. It's not until you have the ability to go out and play against someone else. Can you really see what your talent level is? And he kind of showed that he was the same player. He was the first couple of years of his season, you know, his career. Now he's coming off the ruptured Achilles tendon. And and that the Achilles, the knee injuries to me, especially ACL injuries, are not as bad as they used to be. They can be repaired. They can make you better than you were. They can make you stronger than you were. The Achilles injury, though, that you have to be careful about. You have to be careful about coming back too soon, and there's really no way to clearly define if you are 100% healthy from an Achilles injury like there is when you're coming back from an ACL. I've never had an Achilles injury. I, I have pulled my Achilles tendon, but I've never had an Achilles injury. But I've had the ACL injury, so I know that, and I know people that have torn their Achilles tendon, and it's just it's just not an it's just not an injury that you you will completely know what your capabilities are till you get out in the field. Now he's a guy that we may have to rely on because you got Ojolari. You know you have you have to hope that O'Shane Zimenez can do something and kind of go from there. But I, I think that we need to look at we need to look at what we can do. With Carter, because I, I also have a feeling that Carter may not be on the team. He, he may get cut. And honestly, and, and that, I mean, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but he, it's potentially he, he could lose out to one of the young linebackers. I just said I was only doing three players, but I want to do one more. And I want to do it's Will Hernandez. Second round pick 2018. Hasn't been consistent through his career, and that's being nice. He was benched. Shane Lemieux, you know, he's also benched for COVID. Um, and, you know, he, he battled COVID. He's got a shot at the right guard spot, but I do find it consistently interesting that his 
Andrew Thomas's play turned the corner immensely when Shane Lemieux went out. Not Shane Lemieux, excuse me, when Shane Lemieux came in and Will Hernandez went out. And I've mentioned this before. I think some of Will Hernandez and Will Hernandez, I, just, Will, I think some of Nate Solder's problems were due to Will Hernandez and his inability at times to address who he should be blocking on certain plays and on certain schemes, which I, which I even mentioned on Bag Dog Show. It, it left his tackle out to dry a couple times because there were some times, especially in his rookie season in his second year with Nate, that he, Hernandez blocked to the inside and left not only the outside pass rush go around Nate, but also had an interior lineman that Nate had to choose who to pick, who to, who to block. And a lot of times Nate picked wrong. <laughs> so, I mean, so it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, as poor of a pass protector as Lemieux is, I think he's a better run blocker than Hernandez. I, I don't know. I think we just have to pick five linemen and stick with it and kind of build a, you know, kind of try to build a cohesive unit that can communicate properly with each other. And I don't know if Hernandez is that guy. Again, like I said before, I would not be shocked if Will got cut as well because of the plethora of linemen. Not quality linemen. I don't know if we have quality linemen yet because we haven't started camp yet. I mean, we have started camp, but we haven't, we haven't gotten deep into camp yet. So we kind of just have to look at it from there. Very excited about all this going on. Very excited. Still the Coaches Club ticket I'm going to give away. Going to Fan Fest as well. Uh, we're going to be doing videos throughout the day, of course, when news breaks from Giant Camp. Let's get this party started, though. And again, this is Tim with Online Big Blue, bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. And as always, if you could like, like, subscribe, ring that play thing, you know what I mean? That'd be awesome.